0: Traveler, and welcome to the Spooky Chris Podcast. I am the aforementioned Spooky Chris, Chris Ringler, uh, author and podcasty guy. Once in a while, filmmaking guy, um, all-time weirdo guy. Uh, and this is my little podcast, little chunks of oddness that I bring to you, dear listener. Though there's only one or two of you that exist, maybe one day when I'm abducted by space aliens and I'm famous. <coughs> uh, maybe uh maybe these will blow up and <coughs> become all the rage. That's my hope, at least, is we can all we can all hope for aliens to come and make us famous. Because if not that, then what? Um, so hey, my name's Chris Stringler. Hopefully, you found my podcast at SpookyChris.com. That is my <coughs> little home on the web. Home, home on the web. Uh, where all my info. My blogs, my podcasts, uh my stories, all of that stuff is housed right there. As I said before, I'm an author and all of my links to all my books are there. Uh, and uh all kinds of weirdness. So <clears throat> gee, pardon my coughing. I have like a whole uh, hamburger helper's worth of schmutz in the throat, it seems like. So for this little episode of fun I thought it would be kind of fun I, I, I so we're all in this coronavirus COVID-19 kind of COVID-teen, quarantine I'm trying to be clever, it doesn't work um, kind of quarantine <clears throat> so I, you know I, outside of work I've been watching lots and lots of movies uh, it was funny, last year I had not been unemployed for a while and then underemployed ...and watched a whole kettle's worth of movies, and I'm definitely catching up now. But I've been watching lots of movies, and and my preferred genre, as always, is horror. I just love horror movies. I mean, I love all kinds of movies, but horror movies, I I just get a kick out of how they're put together. Like, there's just, there's many elements of them. I love the special effects. Um, There's so much you can do in the storytelling, in the direction, in the lighting, in the sets, the acting... Uh, I, I get a kick out of all of that. And I... I, I think it's a shame that horror isn't... <clears throat> better regarded. Because... I think there's... It's it's harder to make a horror movie than to make a lot of other types of genres. And I think horror films really get the short shrift. A lot of the time. You know, horror actors... Uh, Are never really looked at as, you know, as being good. When it's not even, even, you know, in mediocre movies, it's not going to be easy to pretend to be frightened, to portray that you're being killed, to portray that you feel like you're being pursued by a killer, a zombie, a monster, a ghost. Like, compare that to having to play, like, oh, well, you're an old dowager who is sad because her husband is dead and you're, you know, trying to hide your feelings. I mean, there's art to that, for sure, but that's something you can tap into. You can kind of tap into those feelings and that kind of mentality. But tapping into more primal things kind of along the lines of, oh, so this giant... Monster is coming to eat you and your family, and you have to protect them, even if it means you die. <clears throat> that's that's not something you just have in your head. <laughs> like you kind of have to imagine. It. And the thing too is, is is horror films like fantasy and sci-fi is a lot of it. You're acting to to makeup or digital effects or green screens or you know what have you, you know especially if it's a ghost. Um, you're not gonna necessarily see a ghost <laughs> like a, you know a sheet. You're gonna you're gonna maybe see oh maybe someone will hold up kind of like if you watch making of Featurettes, maybe they'll hold up a uh, like a ball on a stick. So like this is where the ghost is, and this is what you're acting to. But you, you know, if it's a ghost. You're not acting to anything. Um, if it's Jason from Friday the 13th you're acting against a guy in layers and layers of makeup who can't see you very well and who is is just trying to make sure that he doesn't trip or run into something cuz he can't see very well um you know and and with you know with depending on, on the era but with you know Friday the 13th Keen Hodder brought an element of the classical uh Method in that he kind of, he wanted them to be fearful of him. He didn't do things to be, you know, to make them, in, to put them in danger, but he wanted to be menacing, and he wanted them to fear Jason. And I mean, really, that's, that's kind of how you portray that fear. Otherwise, you're going to be portraying it like, oh my God, he's going to get me. You have to seem as if you're going to die. You know, and and when you get to the direction, my favorite director is John Carpenter. And you know and, and with him, you know his his favorite director is you know John Ford, and a lot of folks that's that's their favorite directors. you know those kind of the classical directors, well, a lot of that kind of thing is the scope. And Carpenter brought an appreciation of scope and score and lighting and how things were filmed. And you know, there's. What's funny is you know, you get Hitchcock and all just tons of great filmmakers that have worked in dark thrillers or horror itself. And Carpenter brings the best of all of that because he he shoots the heck out of his films and makes them horrifying through that like he doesn't overshoot you know and if you've watched many movies um, there are directors and you know films where they overshoot and it's because you know it's the the filming because camera work and the director kind of become a the main character where they're trying to be too cute they're trying to be too clever um, and frankly a a good movie where they do that is Born Killers um, with Oliver Stone Oliver Stone was showing off all of his every trick in the book and uh, he and the camera and the, and the that was the main character and that was you know the storytelling device but it works for that because that's kind of that story is so it's it's uh modern folk you know folklore um, you know uh, Mickey and Mallory are kind of a folk tale and so it fits because he he embraced different styles and different te- techniques and different formats, and so it fits. But in a lesser director's hands, that becomes super duper sloppy and uh, obnoxious and uh, a detriment. And Carpenter is is as technically uh, adept as he is. He doesn't really slam me in the face with it. It's interesting earlier early Dario Argento films are similar. Um he started to get caught up in the tech. Uh and then he kinda just his his uh, skills just kinda diminished altogether. But he did some amazing things with um the way he shot things, the color the color palette he used, uh the techniques they, they created lots of different types of cameras and um rigs for his filming. And it's in that gray area where it's becoming a character, but it's it's his way of... His movies have this dreamlike quality. Um, A lot of Italian kind of horror does. uh, Lucio Fulci's does as well, but much more dreamlike and less rooted in logic. And Argentos are kind of dreamlike, but rooted kind of in myth almost, because a lot of them are... Uh, passion plays and and murder mysteries and uh, you know the earlier stuff and <clears throat> get into those kind of like the 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 uh, notions of sexuality and duality and and feminine and masculine and a lot of that stuff. and you know sexuality is a big part of his earlier stuff so so a kinetic camera. It makes sense and it fits. Um, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, it doesn't work, you know, all the time even for him. Um, some of his movies it gets you know, like you start to see kind of a change a little bit in phenomena just because like the score is so horrible. <laughs> and I know people like it, but it's just it's it's just obnoxious heavy metal from the time and it's so uh oh, gosh. It's, it's, too loud, too in your face, and it's, it hampers, you know, otherwise really entertaining and interesting film. Uh, it's like driving next to someone <laughs> in the summer, and you're just kind of doing your own thing, and they're blasting the most obnoxious music, and you are held hostage by that music <laughs> for as long as you're there. And that's what moments in the movie feel like, as you're held hostage by that score. And, you know, when you get into you know, the technique and the craft of, of horror. Um you know, like I'm I'm old school now. I like physical effects. I like I like I like makeup effects. I like <clears throat> I like that more than digital. I've come to appreciate digital because it, it can work well when it's working in concert with physical effects. You know, that's that's the best the best uh marriage there is when you have the physical effects and then you just kind of enhance it with um, with digital effects, you know you don't rely on one or t'other per se, um, and you know there's, there's it's again it's always it drives me crazy. You know you see the Oscars and the movies that win the best makeup. It's somebody did old age makeup on you know, a character, and yet somebody did a whole like series of monsters. Like how? Star Wars wouldn't win that in these last few years. I don't know, <laughs> like, because they did amazing creature effects. I just don't get some of that. Like, but they'll give it to somebody who, like, oh gosh, they made Cate Blanchett look like she was 70 instead of like 48. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Um, and it's funny too, just because like some of those people are, you know, the Dick Smiths, the Stan Winstons, like the classic social effects people who you want to see win. But man you'd like to see him win for something more interesting than a, an old age makeup. Like that's just a drag. Uh you know and 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 I get it. Uh gore effects are the 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 uh ugly stepchild kind of in movies and and it's it's garish and people are like, "Oh, gross." But if it's convincing, that's the thing is that if if it's enough to kind of make you go, "Oh, then it's convincing and that tells you it's effective um, and you can do it with just I mean I, I having done cheapy special effects for my little movies I get it you can like it's, a lot of it can be suggestion and you can overdo it you can overdo it you know for sure it's, it depends on you're kind of it's a partnership with the effects people and the uh, director kind of make sure that the you know you're capturing the right feel and not doing too much and ruining things, kind of, kind of like putting too much salt in the, in the recipe. So it's it's a partnership, but done well, like it, it can it can you know, haunt you, can horrify you, can disgust you. That's powerful. Um, that's that's super powerful. And getting back to what I started with, like I've been watching lots of horror films, and it's interesting. You know, my friends and I have a film festival that we do and we see lots and lots of you know short films leading up to things as, we, as we're trying to figure out what we show you know want to show and it's interesting seeing the different ways people in different parts of the world tell, to, tell their stories it's interesting seeing uh, different techniques different takes on you know vampires and zombies and ghosts and all that and to see how different cultures view those and uh i mean it's it's really it's it's it is its own kind of uh film school because you learn you know you you can see different takes on kind of the same subjects and how they view them and how they show them and 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 it's fascinating but it's interesting all all the movies i've seen it's interesting to see you know like you'll catch the low budget ones and they are caught up in, they'll get caught up in, you know, like being super gory or being over the top or <clears throat> kind of shooting, shooting low kind of to, to get views and it's a shame because a lot of those things I've, I've found in my limited experience making movies, and, you know, just in watching movies, and I'm seeing a lot of, of indie movies. It's one of those things, like, if you write it well, and if you write the characters well, people are willing to forgive a lot. Um, you know, we don't need to know if Jason goes to the bathroom. We don't need to know if Luke goes to the bathroom in Star Wars. We need to know what's happening, why it's happening, how it's happening, and what happens at the end. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to a, a, a point where I've seen enough movies where it's like I just kind of roll my eyes when there's a, see, a shower scene and it shows the woman in the shower because I'm like, I get it. She's in the shower. And it's so funny because like, they pad the movies almost. like they, they They have to either put nudity in it or the uh, insinuation of nudity, um, and pad the movie with this stuff, and it's needless, because it's rare that that's part of the movie. Like, so, for anyone, I assume most folks have seen Nightmare on Elm Street, there's a scene where Nancy's in the bathtub, Could sort of shown her naked, didn't have to, and he didn't. Uh and the reason the scene's in there is because she's tired, she's falling asleep, and Freddy, it's a scene with Freddy. It's a great scene. It's a suggestive scene. But you don't get any, like, overt nudity. You don't, he doesn't push the sex, like, the sexiness of it. Um, and that takes, you know, takes craft, frankly. In a lot of these indie movies and these these low, but well, a lot of, uh, too many horror films. Um, They get an actress that is willing to be naked because they don't feel like they have any options. (sighs) Or they're young enough to be like, pshoo, I don't care. And they concoct nude scenes for them. I watched, I started watching one today. And within five minutes, like, the actress in a scene that doesn't really even connect to the rest of the movie necessarily, uh, they had her, for some reason, as a girl, babysitting. And they don't say, show her take a shower. She goes in the bathroom, her hair's kind of wet, and she changes bras, and I don't know why. But they, you know, minute-long scene of her topless, and it was like, what is this for? Like, what does this serve? Like, where in this, where is this needed in the story? <clears throat> and if you really feel compelled to show them in the shower, like, you can show them without showing them. And it's not like, I mean, it's not like I'm... I'm a prude that's, oh my goodness, I don't want to see naked people. It's not that at all. It's just that what's, why. Like, the, you know, the point of a horror film is is to scare and to build tension and, you know, what is that doing? And again, there's, you know, they, a lot of times they'll have them in the shower and someone's sneaking up on them and, oh my gosh, what's happening? But just, there's, it's funny that, it's like listening to music. And we all know what little red Corvette's about. It's about a dude meeting a lady who's just down to get down. um but he doesn't say it that way. <clears throat> you know, like he you have to kind of unravel what the song's about, and there's a lot of music like that. And then there's music that's, that's just about this girl likes to get down. I like to get down, let's just get down.' like it's very blatant, and there's no craft to it, no art to it and I mean, it can still be good music and still be a catchy song. It's just that some of the allure is gone. Um, the the mystery, as it were. Um, it's, I guess, the... Uh, the idea of tease versus... Um, overtness. Um, but it's just needless. And that's, that's one of the things that, that kills horror movies, is just they have these things that don't have to be there. They'll have needless nudity... They'll have over the top violence um by characters that become they're so cruel they're clownish that was i mean honestly that's kind of what Three from hell became is it's overly sexualized and overly cruel and violent and it's like but why it's like I get it that's who those characters are, but we saw that in two movies like there's no gross in any capacity in Three from hell and it's like. I don't expect growth from, growth from Jason Voorhees, because he's, I mean, you, you, if you follow people, you know, kind of d- describe him, he's a shark. Freddy, um, Freddy's not a shark, but he's a he's a predator. He's not going to grow as a person. But, you know, the Firefly family, you'd like to see, and there's and things, because there's, there's teases that there could be growth in Baby, and they just kind of swatted away so they can get back down to, like, you know, like, sex and gore and cursing, and it's just, it gets, it got old real fast. <coughs> and, uh, it, and it's funny, too, because, like, I love some nasty, gory movies. Like, I love Serbian film, as much as you can love that movie. It is nasty, it is gory, it is, like, sex, there's nudity, there's all kinds of everything. It's, it is reprehensible. But the core of that has such a a nihilistic a nasty message to it that humans don't give a crap about humans and that we're all kind of product and it's a oh man that that's brutal but it's brutal in a way that it works in that film again seeing it twice I don't know that I need to, if I, I can I can lead a happy life from never seeing it again but it's a powerful movie so it's not as if <coughs> I'm some prude. Because they stick you know, that's that's one of the things too, is, is horror movies have to have their own laws and their own logic. That's why Jason doesn't talk. Michael Myers doesn't talk. Um Uh Freddie Freddie can kind of quip but not he's similar to the Joker in that his his humor is cruel. Um there's no there's no humor to it. Um the candyman can be uh Sexy is a weird term, but that kind of, like, alluring. <coughs> you know, the, the the universal Dracula kind of has the same thing. He has uh, an allure. <coughs> there's rules. And it just has to stick... You you just have to stick to whatever your rules are and keep it. Uh, there's a movie, Haunt, which I freaking loved. And it's on Shudder, and it's a... Super simple, not much plot at all. Uh, a bunch of people who meet and they go to a, um, like a one-night stand kind of a haunted house, and they get into trouble. And they get, they <clears throat> set it up in a way, tons of tension, and there are gore moments. Tons of tension. They give the care, you know, the actors like it's a terrible beginning. It's like it's super, just like ugh, groaning but they give the characters, like, moments. Uh, They slowly unravel the story so that there's more going on than you think. And it keeps unraveling. It has a great ending. Like, the tension is huge. And it's just, it's fantastically done. And it's like they did with that the best job zombie movie I've seen in years. (laughs) And they basically took his shtick But they did it well, because that's the thing, is Rob Zombie is a heck of a director. He's, like, got a great eye, but he's just become a parody of himself. You know, even Carpenter, um, the word is actually pretty good. It's just got a terrible ending, um, which I think could have been done much more effectively. It's a really just cliche ending. But it's a good movie, and it has some, some Carpenter flair to it. But some of his later movies like Vampires loses its steam after after the first half. And it's just not that interesting. Um you know, and it's it's and his movies weren't bad you know, and then you get the Ghost of Mars. Again, it's interesting but like the makeup for the main villain is terrible and it's just you wonder if his heart was really in those, um you know, after after Mouth of Madness, um it just feel, it felt like he was going to taper off and lose interest. But, I mean, shoot. Even him losing interest, still was doing good stuff. Um, Cigarette Burns, what she did for *Master of Horror* is great. It's a, it's absolutely great. But I, you know, I listen to lots of horror podcasts, and you can learn a lot from that about storytelling, and just the effectiveness of what works, what doesn't, how to, how to describe scenes, how to, um, how to portray things uh I listen to a podcast called Let's Not Meet which is in you know true stories of like scary interactions like I was at summer camp and there was this creepy guy that was in the woods and it's like that's fantastic um for kind of just setting tone and like you know it's it's not really written well per se but like the imagery and just, you can you can imagine these I fell in love with these stories they were uh I'm a it's, and it was it was on No Sleep it's like I am a search and rescue uh, officer or something, and it's a series, and they are absolutely brilliant. It's like Knife uh, Point Horror, which is a podcast. Those and those two, absolutely brilliant storytelling, and vivid, and they offer so much. And if you want to tell stories, that those are what you need. And if you have a great story, everything else works. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on something for a book that I'm going to put out next year and it's kind of a take on uh Frankensteinian kind of that that resurrection thing and i'm working through it and th- there's logic gaps but i'm like i have the characters acknowledge that there's logic gaps and i move on because until i make it a big deal it's not a big deal um that, most of us if you keep that your own internal logic things work um you know, you, like, you, can't, you can not you have a, a car racing movie and then have them start the car as if it was a motorcycle, which is ridiculous, but, I mean, you get what I'm saying. There's certain things that have to be maintained. Um, but, I mean, Star Wars is full of space inaccuracies, like spaceships make sound in space and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter because you're in it for the story and for the spectacle. And we, as viewers, are willing to forgive a ton if you stick to your logic. I watched a a really good a couple of really good Asian found footage movies. Uh Nuro, Nuro, Nuroi, Um The Curse I watched today. And then I watched another one called the Oh gosh, I forget how it's pronounced, but it's the haunted asylum. And both are good. Um both have their issues but they're both good. And Noroi really plays with the idea of it's it's similar in in kind of technique to uh Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. Oh, shame on me. It's one of my favorites. I'm trying to think oh any but but it's you know, similar to a to a a really kind of it's gaining popularity about a young girl who disappears and her family are kind of trying to come to terms with her disappearance and then um the truth of that disappearance. And it's similar in that, like this is portrayed through um footage that it's from a documentary this guy was making and then it's all of his footage together to kind of tell that story and it was interesting um, and there's not a lot of special effects there's not a lot of that kind of stuff it's just it's creepy and it's the little glimpses and that's what's funny is, is horror can do that is the little you know you can you can I mean should have, should have look at Blair Witch Project you never see the witch once it's all in sound design It's in suggestion, and it's in building this uh, expectation and what we think is going to happen and, and what we expect to see. And that's what matters, and that scares the heck out of you. And it's funny, you know, like I say, it's funny that horror gets kind of a bum rap. And I get it. It's heavy stuff. Those aren't usually fun movies. People are dying inherently or being... Um, tormented or scared or whatever, and that's not the most enjoyable thing, especially this time of our history. It's not the most enjoyable thing, but it's it's a shame that the art of these horror films of that horror films is is so shrugged off because there's I mean there's a lot of trash and I watch a lot of it. There's a lot of trash out there, but in it, even in some of the worst ones, there's moments, uh, and that's what us you know fans. That's what we look for, and that's what we we kind of latch on are these moments. And there's a lot of them out there. And, uh, you know, for people like me, I just, I, I eat the stuff up. That's why I say, I like, I listen to the podcasts. Um, like, story podcasts, I listen to uh, true story podcasts with the... Let's not meet. Um, I read horror, I, I watch horror movies, so I, I kind of eat the stuff up. But it's, it's interesting, too, because you kind of get a feel for what works and what doesn't. And I'm not going to ever say that I can write a scary story, but I understand the elements that make something work. And, you know, I just I would offer a friend, as I've watched a lot of movies lately, like I say, um, it's interesting to see what works, what doesn't. And how a movie, a movie like Crawl, is super effective because of the acting. And because you are Invested in the characters, like it's a scary scenario, but it's you know it's it's kind of Jawsish. And then, shoot, Jaws alone that works because of the acting, because um, Jaws is just it's 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 a it's a monster, it's a monster movie, and it's it's it is it has no personality, it just kills. So you rely on the actors, and it comes through because of the actors, because you care about them, you know. That's the power of these kind of movies. So that's what I've been watching, friend. What are you watching these days? What are you doing to kind of keep sane and keep your, your mind occupied? As always, I am Spooky Chris, Chris Ringler. This is my weird little podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back sooner than later. You take care, you stay safe, and I will talk to you soon, my friend.